welcome to The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. And we start this edition with a Court of Federal Claims decision regarding OTAs, and Yuan's going to give us the background there. Thanks, Peter. On July 29th, the Court of Federal Claims rejected on the merits a protest that was filed by Hydraulics International in connection with the Army's Other Transaction Agreement Award for Aviation Ground Power Unit Prototypes for Service Military Helicopters. In doing so, COFSI held that it could exercise jurisdiction over an OTA award challenge that was made in connection with a potential future procurement, thereby splitting from prior COFSI, GAO, and federal district court precedent that has previously dismissed OTA protests for lack of subject matter jurisdiction. Now, the government moved to dismiss arguing that the OTA award itself was not a procurement contract, a fact that's not in dispute, and there was no guarantee of any follow-on procurement contract. So according to the government, the OTA award was not in connection with a procurement or a proposed procurement, a prerequisite for triggering COFSI's Tucker Act jurisdiction. Now, COFSI disagreed, relying heavily on the Federal Circuit's 2007 decision in distributed solutions, which held that Tucker Act jurisdiction doesn't require an actual procurement because the phrase in connection with a procurement or proposed procurement by definition involves a connection with any stage of the federal acquisition process, including the process for determining a need for property or services. Now here, the court noted that the OTAs would feed decision points informing the Army's decision to exercise an option for an additional 10 units and thereafter whether to award a follow-on production contract. So COFSI concluded that the Army was using the white paper submissions and OTA prototypes at issue here to decide whether to proceed with purchasing upgraded units, meaning that the awards were actually in connection with a proposed procurement and within COFSI's jurisdiction. Peter, back to you. Great. Thanks so much, Yuan. There were two major pieces of legislation that were signed this month. Both are going to be of extensive interest to many contractors and recipients of federal funding. First, on August 9th, President Biden signed the Chips and Science Act of 2022, which funds programs for research and development, manufacturing, and industry development to reduce supply chain vulnerabilities and reliance on foreign sources. The cornerstone of CHIPS is $52 billion in funding that will be allocated to the U.S. Department of Commerce Semiconductor Initiative to develop and expand domestic manufacturing capacity. The CHIPS Act also authorizes investments of more than $150 billion for National Science Foundation, Commerce, Energy, and National Institute of Standards and Technology to bolster certain research programs and other initiatives. The Act tasks NIST with expanding and creating guidance and programs relating to a wide variety of issues, including life cycle of software, artificial intelligence enabled defense research, biometrics identification, and sustainable chemistry, and also grants NIST OTA authority, allowing the agency to engage 
in more flexible contracting relationships with the private sector. So that's chips, lots and lots there. Then second, on August 16th, President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which provides $750 billion in funding and major federal policy changes impacting various sectors, including energy, environment, healthcare, and tax. These changes will impact a wide array of contractors. It's pretty clear that some of the goals of the legislation are gonna be achieved by leveraging the government's procurement authority and available tools such as the Defense Production Act. Both CHIPS and the Inflation Reduction Act are highly detailed and technical. Kroll has lots of content, uh, and we've issued a lot of information about various pieces of the legislation. So please contact uh, either Yuan or myself for more details. We'd be happy to talk about specific uh, elements of the legislation and how it might be of in interest to you. Uh, Yuan, I'm going to turn it back to you for a suspension and debarment update. Thanks, Peter. We're continuing to see congressional interest and focus on the use of suspension debarment as an important tool for agencies to deploy, and we have one recent development in that regard. On August 11th, Senators Warren and Lujan sent a letter to Attorney General Garland and Deputy AG Monaco expressing their concern about the Department of Justice's inability or unwillingness to use its authority to suspend or debar corporate criminals from the government contracting process. Now, the letter states that the DOJ has broad authority to suspend or debar government contractors, but has rarely done so. For example, in fiscal year 2020, the DOJ issued eight debarments and three suspensions, which, according to the senators, demonstrates a reluctance that has undermined the goals of debarment regulations and allowed unscrupulous contractors to continue ripping off the government. Now, the senators urged the DOJ to expand its use of suspension and debarment authority in four ways. To use debarment authority for corporate entities, not just individuals. To use debarment authority government-wide, consider debarment for all corporate misconduct, and to use suspension authority. They also encouraged the DOJ to use suspension and debarment to deter companies from engaging in unethical future conduct and not just as an alternative to prosecution. Peter, back to you. Great. Thanks so much, Yuan. We will close out for this edition. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thanks so much for joining us. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.